0: To begin with, I'm going to go to John, the first chapter. We were talking about this a while ago, and I think I need to run over this again. Verse 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. We find out a little bit later that the Word was made flesh. Well, the Word is Jesus Christ, the second person of the triune Godhead. And this is not idolatry to read this and believe this. The Word was God. Amen. In the Greek, it gives you a definite article here. That's a little unhandy for English. It's not often translated like that, but here's In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was the God. That's what the scriptures say. Now the Jehovah's false witness, they don't believe that. Matter of fact, they had to retranslate that. In their Bible, it doesn't read that way. I was kind of debating with some of them one time. I went to a house. They were going to be there with a Bible study. Had their big guns. I wasn't worried about them. I Think I'm going to change them, but what I wanted to do was to stop them from influencing those people that didn't know what was going on. So I came; they were already there, already going, and the the big, the biggest man from their coven, their whatever you call it, where they meet. Anyway. He wanted to shake out. No, I'm just, I'm here to see, to talk to you about this. I'm not here to shake hands and become friends. And you read the Bible, you'll find out I was right on that. Anyway, I said, You go ahead. Don't let me interrupt you. I said, What are you all doing? I said, We're having a Bible study. Okay. He opened his book. I said, Hey, wait a minute. I said, I thought you said you was having a Bible study. Well, we are," I said. "No, you're not. You don't even have a Bible. You've got a perversion, but you don't have the Bible." And he said, "Oh, yes, I do. It's our translation. It is a pervert, perverse translation. It is not a translation of the Scriptures." I said, "Open to John one one." He read his version. And I said, now let me tell you what the Bible says. And I read my version. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. I said, now your, your version said, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was a God. Now they wouldn't, the others hadn't picked that up. They didn't know that, didn't know any better that makes it completely heretical. I said, well, let me ask you something. Why have you all got, instead of the word was God, why have you got the word was a God? Because he was a God. I said, oh, no. I said, first, let me, I think you're just like your founder, Charlie Russell, Uh he was convicted on a, in a court of law of lying. He's lied and said he knew the alphabet, the Greek alphabet. And he was challenged to recite the Greek alphabet. He couldn't do it. And he was charged with fraud, with whatever the charge, uh, false re- uh, representation in court, whatever that is. Anyway. But it's, I mean, it's a matter of history. If you knew, I said, Do you know, do you know anything about Greek? Oh, yeah, just like, just like Charlie Russell. I said, Won't you give me the Greek alphabet right now if you know something? If you know Greek, the very first thing that you learn is the Greek alphabet. The second thing, you begin to learn the Greek letters. Now, you see those Greek letters all the time on the back window of these cars. And those are the capital letters of the Greek alphabet. That's what all these fraternities and sororities, they, use, they don't even know what those letters are. Uh, don't even pronounce them right. But those are the capitalized letters of the Greek alphabet. And if you've studied Greek, You had to work to study the Greek alphabet, and you were tested on it. He didn't know the Greek alphabet because he didn't know Greek. But they didn't care about that. They're going to put their translation out. I said, the next thing you learn after the alphabet is you learn that there is no such thing as an indefinite article in the Greek language. A or an does not exist in the Greek language. So if A is put there, it had to be put there by whoever was translating it. And the Greek does not say that at all. The Greek has the definite article there on all those nouns. So I said, so you put that thing away. If you're going to have a Bible study, you put that thing away because it's a lie. You believe he put it away? He didn't, he didn't do much else after that. But anyway... Let me go on to the second verse. See, that's what happened when you get old. You've got a story for everything. I mean, we even had a song this morning. Didn't we, had a, didn't we have a diatribe for the, just for one word that wasn't even part of the song? You understand, I'm an old man. And that's, what, that's, that's how we are. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him. There's an all that means all. All things. And without him was not anything made that was made. What does that include? Everything that is. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. To comprehend is to understand. And the darkness did not understand the life and the light. That had shined in the darkness. There was a man sent from God whose name was John, not John Baptist. His name was John. That's what his daddy wrote. He couldn't speak. They said, We're going to name him Zacharias Jr. He couldn't speak. He said, Bring me, Give me a tablet. His name is John. That's, there's a reason for that. Amen. People say, John Baptist trying trying to do away with John. Yeah. Trying to do, do away with his authority. Baptist is not his name. Right. His name was John. God called him called him a Baptist before he ever baptized anybody. Amen. So who was the first Baptist? John? They said, well, was he in the bride? I, I don't know what he was in, but I'll tell you this. I ain't going to get more rewards than he is. I'll tell you that. I know they say he's not a Baptist. I say he was the first Baptist. <laughs> that, has, that brings me to Adam's belly button. Do you understand why I went to Adam's belly button? The old theological question, did Adam have a belly button? And the answer is uh, absolutely not. Why would Adam have a belly button when God made him from the dust of the earth? Adam wasn't born in a a womb. He didn't need that umbilical cord to feed on. God made Adam a full-fledged adult. So I say Adam did not have a belly button. But therein is my point. That's like the first, the, uh, the first of anything. What do you call it? The pro... So from gender, from huh? From prototype. And the, yeah, and the first one is never exactly like the assembly line model. Now all of us here, folks... We're assembly land models. Adam was the first one. And so there is a difference. He didn't have a belly button. We did. Or we do. And we'll continue needing them. So the darkness comprehended not what Jesus And then a man sent from God, his name was John. The same came for a witness, to bear witness of the light. Now, why would you have to bear witness of a light? If you've got eyes that you can see, folks, do I have to tell you all, the lights are on this morning. I didn't need to tell you that, did I? Now, if you were totally blind, you wouldn't know whether they were on or not. Then I could justify telling you that they were on. But I can't justify telling you all that the lights, what a wasted effort to tell you that the lights are on. And John came for a witness to bear witness of that light. Well, John says, The light is here. Why is he saying that? Because they comprehend it not. They're in total darkness. How long have they been in darkness? Ever since Adam sinned in the Garden of Eden. They were born in darkness. So John came to tell them. The light's here. Well. Well. And that was the true light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. Now I don't for a minute believe that, that everybody in the world was enlightened in that verse. But that's what most armenians that's what they say about that. That God enlightened everybody. No he didn't. Keep it in context. This is the light that lighteth up. Everyone that's in the world. In other words. He lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He showed them what they were. I've always used this. Going to Mammoth Cave. Going down that great big long set of stairs. On the main entrance. Anybody been there? We were going down there. I mean, all the steps were lined up with people. And all of a sudden, the lights went out. Now, let me tell you, when you're in a cave and the lights go out, you're in darkness. I believe it's almost thick darkness. I mean, you can't, you can't see a hint of anything. And then here comes finally comes some rangers, and they're carrying those... Uh, Coleman lanterns and ever so many people they'd give one to hold for the people what so happened I got one and I'm holding it and let me tell you what I know they weren't looking at me but they were absolutely coming to the light when you're in total darkness I mean you're glad to see a little bit of light well they couldn't see everything I saw I saw up over our heads. It was full of bats. I mean, the air was thick with bats flying over our head. If I'd have held that up, <laughs> we'd have had a panic. <laughs> but anyway, Anyhow, in darkness, now, somebody, if they could have looked in on there, they couldn't see anybody. They wouldn't know we was there. Until the light shines on us. Now you can see that we were there all along. And that's what John is revealing here. That he lit up every man that cometh into the world. He showed them who the light was. What the light is and the life. And revealed them to be in darkness. Now, what's the extent of that darkness? Let's go on. Verse 10. He was in the world. Everybody's hung up on that word world. He loved the world. He's in the world. Same word. The world was made by him. And the world knew him not. That same world you got in John 3.16. Now, to what extent did the world know him not? Just how far did that go? Here it went. He came unto his own. And his own received him not. His own. Who was Jesus' own? The Jews. You mean Jesus was a Jew? Yes. He was a Jew. The son of man. Was pure Jew. Going all the way back to Abraham. The progenitor. Of the Jewish nation. The first one. And his genealogy traces him back to Abraham and then also back to Adam and Luke. And anyway, he came unto his own and his own received him not. Uh, How come people hate Jews? Now let me tell you where that Jew hatred is coming from right now, but it's not limited to them. The Jew hatred... It's coming from the Muslims. That's what they are all about. It's not just Arabians, it's Muslims. Muslims hate Jews. Muslims are bound and determined to wipe Jews off of the face of the earth. What I can't understand is why do you have some so-called professed Baptists who hate Jews? Was Jesus Christ a Jew? He most assuredly was. Matter of fact, he was up front of the Jewish nation. Isn't he called the lion out of the tribe of Judah? And where was the tribe of Judah with reference to the tabernacle? They're the first tribe before the eastern gate, the only entrance into the tabernacle. Yes, he's the lion out of the tribe of Judah. Now, I'm not going to go all the way back to Genesis, but I do want to go to the book of Amos uh, real quick. Just one verse here, and there's there's many we can call on. Now, here in in the book of Amos, we've been there the last couple of weeks. Amos is prophesying about the time of Jonah, the early uh, 9th century B.C., and this is mostly about the northern kingdom that was taken into captivity in 722 B.C., and so this is God's pronouncement of judgment on the northern kingdom of Israel, all about Israel. And in chapter 9, ending up all of these visions that Amos recounted. He says in verse 8. Behold the eyes of the Lord God are upon the sinful kingdom. And I will destroy it from off the face of the earth. Now I think he's talking about Assyria right there. Saving or accepting with the exception that I will not utterly destroy the house of Jacob, saith the Lord. One of these these so-called Baptist preterists, they're saying that God did that, that he destroyed the house of Jacob. There are no Jews today, ethnic Jews. There are only spiritual Jews. Well, let me tell you what, from the beginning... There's only been spiritual Jews with reference to going to heaven, to salvation. Ethnic Jews never were promised heaven because they were ethnic Jews. That that promise of perpetuity, continued existence to the Jewish nation was just that, to the Jewish nation. And God has kept his promise. God is a covenant-keeping God. God. So I wanted to kind of get that out. In case anybody forgets. And if you ever hear these. these, these I think they're enemies. Of the Lord. I really do. Uh, why would you accuse God of being a liar? God who cannot lie. is what the Bible says. Amen. Let God be true. Every man be a liar. But God be true. And that's the way it is. And these men tell you. Well if you'll listen to my scheme. I'll show you where there are no Jews today. Well. You're in the same boat as Hamas. You're in the same boat as the Muslims. And there are others. I mean, the Armstrongites. You know Garner Ted, Herbert, Herbert W. Armstrong, the Armstrongites, they teach a so-called Anglo-Israelism. They say that the true Jews are British. They think they're Jews. blonde hair, blue-eyed Jews. Well, I don't believe that at all. Not at all. Why are they doing that to, to, to the Jews? Why are they usurping the Jehovah's false witnesses? They get to Revelation 7, and they see the 12 tribes of Israel delineated, laid out there, 12,000 from 12 tribes, the 144,000, and lo and behold, if Charles Russell didn't tell that much of Jehovah's false witnesses, that's us. <laughs> but it has nothing to do with them. It could not. And all you have to do is casually read the seventh chapter of Revelation, and you see which tribes they're out of. Yeah. Plain. Oh, but if you don't believe the book of Revelation, you think it's all spiritual, then you can make it out anything you want to, which is a Bible destruction program, not a Bible believing program. I don't care how smart they think they are. That's what they're doing with the Bible. All right, let's go to chapter 12 real quick. John chapter 12, verse 23. Jesus answered them saying, the hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Now notice the times he uses Son of Man. Now the reason he uses the term Son of Man is because he is the Son of Man. And it is to emphasize the fact that he is man. He's as much man as he is God, as much God as he is man. He's not depraved man. He's man in the same sense that Adam was. When God first created him, and Adam walked in the cool of the day with God in the Garden of Eden. That's the kind of man that Jesus Christ is. Jesus Christ was was, uh, miraculously born just as Adam was miraculously born. Adam was made directly by God from the dust of the earth. He's the only one to ever do that. Jesus, the last Adam, was made by the direct creation work of God Almighty. The power of the highest overshadowed Mary, the mother of Jesus, not the mother of God. You say, well, that's, that's hard to explain. Yes, it is. I don't know how to explain the divinity and humanity of Jesus Christ. But I know you don't have to use a heathen term to do it. Just he was as much man as he was God, as much God as he was man. And it was so vital, so necessary to his whole work of redeeming his people that he be a man. The kinsman redeemer, that he keep the whole law as a man. So that's why you can find son of man many more times in the New Testament Than you can son of God. Not that he's not the son of God. He is. But there's a greater. Inclination. Of people. To bypass his humanity. In an effort to. Reinforce. His deity. But let me tell you this. You do not. Do. His humanity of favor by neglecting it. You don't help it a bit. We need to declare the whole counsel of God. So is Jesus God manifest in the flesh? Absolutely. Is Jesus truly the son of man? Absolutely. And let me say this now. This gets into some hairy stuff. I hear preachers saying God died on the cross. No, he didn't. Jesus on the cross, You said, seven sayings. Is it last night or (laughs) today? Anyway, seven distinct sayings that Jesus Christ uttered while he's on the cross. And exactly to whom Did Jesus cry out to? Eli! Eli! My God! My God! Lama sabachthani! Why hast thou forsaken me? Heaven's not empty. God the Father is still there. On his throne. And God the Son is on the cross. So how can God the Son cry out to God the Father or God the God because at this time he's no longer addressing him as Father. He's saying, my God, my God, Eli, Eli. Or Eli, Eli is what it is. El is God. Anyway. He's talking to God the Father. The only God that there is. And so God is not dying on the cross. The son of God, who is also the son of man, he is dying on the cross. Now when it's over, when he bows his head, it says, "Telos. It is finished." Then he says, Father, <laughs> into thy hands I commend my spirit. See? You see some changes there, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. God made him to be sin for us, and he knew no sin. Amen. Is that way past our job description? Oh, so far you'd never guess it. But boy, is it true. Anyway. Let me get back here. I'll never get this done. Anyway. Verse 23. The hour has come that the sun. I got all that out, Son of Man. Okay. It should be glorified. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat, and that's what you call it. You call it corn, corn, and you call wheat, corn. And there wasn't any corn, corn, in those days, but there was wheat corn. And so a corn of wheat is a little head that you pick. Now I think wheat, I've not seen much of it, but I think wheat growing in the field is beautiful. And you can walk through there and take that top off, pick that top off, rub it out, and you get a corn, you get a germ of wheat, and they're good to chew on. And I think they did that. They ate that. I mean, law, I wouldn't fill up most of us. We'd have to get a lot of it. But anyway, But here, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it brings forth much fruit. That's the way God has ordained it. And that death brings forth life. What he's talking about, Jesus Christ. He that loveth his life shall lose it. He that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. If any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. And in uh, Samuel or Kings, it was in there this morning. I read it this morning. Again, he that honors me, I will honor. That's what God said way back then. Same God. Okay. Now is my soul troubled, and what shall I say, Father, Save me from this hour. But for this cause came I unto this hour. There's, there's God the Son. There's the Son of Man. Amen. In both of those statements there. He said, Father, save me from this hour. He knew what he was looking for. What he was going through. But he said, but for this reason came I unto this hour. Now, now he's tempered by that. Father, glorify thy name. Then came there a voice from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. The people, therefore, that stood by heard it and said that it thundered. <laughs> Does that tell you how God sounded? <laughs> yeah. Others said an angel spake to him. And Jesus answered and said, this voice came not because of me, but for your sakes. I, know, I, I already know who's talking to him, but didn't. Now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. That's the same draw as used in John 6. Draw, drag them forth, bring them in. And that's not saying that, that God drags every man. All kinds of men. Right. That's what that says. Then he said, this is the Jew and Gentile alike. That's what This he said, signifying what death he should die. Being lifted up signifies what death he should die. Lifted up on the cross. The people answered him, We have heard out of the law that Christ abideth forever. And how sayest thou the Son of Man must be lifted up? Who is this Son of Man? They don't understand what's being said here. Then Jesus said unto them, Yet a little while is the light with you. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness come upon you. For he that walketh in darkness knoweth not whither he goeth. While you have light, believe in the light, that you may be the children of light. These things spake Jesus, and departed, and did hide himself from them. But though he had done so many miracles before them, yet they believed not on him. That the saying of Esaias, or Isaiah, uh, the prophet, might be fulfilled, which he spake, Lord, who hath believed our report, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Therefore they could not believe, because that Isaiah said again, He hath blinded their eyes and hardened their heart, that they should not see with their eyes, nor understand with their heart, and be converted, and I should heal them. These things said Isaiah when he saw his glory and spake of him. That's back in Isaiah 6. Nevertheless among the chief rulers also many believed on him, but because of the Pharisees they did not confess him, lest they should be put out of the synagogue, for they love the praise of men more than the praise of God. And Jesus cried and said, He that believeth on me believeth not on me, but on him that sent me. And he that seeth me seeth him that sent me. I am come a light into the world, that whosoever believeth on me should not abide or remain in darkness. And if any man hear my words and believe not, I judge him not. For I came not to judge the world, but to save the world. He that rejecteth me and receiveth not my words hath one that judgeth him. The word that I have spoken the same shall judge him in the last day. For I have not spoken of myself, but the Father which sent me. And he gave me a commandment which I should say and what I should speak. And I know that his commandment is life everlasting. Whatsoever I speak, therefore, even as the Father said unto me, so I speak. Now, I want to talk a little bit about saving faith. All that believe are not necessarily saved. You have people believing after a fashion in this reading we just had, but that does not mean they're saved. Never assume that just because somebody uses religious words that they're saved. So that's what we wanted to talk about. Many believe, some are antagonistic, but nothing is produced. That's what these people were. They they had certain beliefs, uh, but they didn't produce anything. A faith that does not confess Christ is not a saving faith. I think we can prove that several places in the scripture. So, he that confesses him. We talked about confession before. Mouth confession. Now, if if you don't have a voice, I think you can get over that. But if you've got a voice, there must be a mouth confession. Have you ever come before a body and say, or before anybody and said, I believe that the Lord Jesus Christ is the Son of God and He is my Savior. And I trust Him for the salvation of my eternal soul. Have you ever said that? Well, if you're saved, you will. If you're saved, if you've never done that, I doubt you're saved. I believe there's got to be a confession there. Uh, there's all kinds of faith that people have. Uh, C. D. Cole's book on uh, Salvation. He's got a whole s- section there on saving faith. He gives all these different kinds of faith. I don't know that I got this from there, but I think that he's got that. There's lots of ha- kinds of faith that do not save. First, as we see in Matthew 13, the parable of the sower, head knowledge. Now you can't really say this in this modern day and age because there aren't many people that are raised up with a knowledge of the Bible. There's not many. Even people that are raised up in churches don't necessarily have a knowledge of the Bible because most of them, all they do in Sunday school is they may have a quarterly from somebody else and they just read that. And the idea is not necessarily to teach doctrine, but to entertain the children while the parents are in another Sunday school. And so they have a lot of fun and games and not teaching the Bible. But there used to be a time when even public schools and the younger classes anyway, in elementary school and junior high, that there used to be some Bible teaching going on there. Now, I don't particularly want secular teachers teaching the Bible if they're not qualified. But anyway, we're not getting that now. We found that out. We really have. We found that out in several ways. The other night, we had that game. You hear, some of the questions we asked were absolutely basic Bible knowledge. And we couldn't even get a piece of an answer. They were totally ignorant about what we were talking about. They had no knowledge of the Bible. There used to be a time while you'd never have gotten that from kids. They all basically could answer those basic questions. So what I'm saying is, people used to have a head knowledge. Well, your head knowledge would be like this. How many of you believe George Washington lived? Anybody believe that? Everybody believe that? Well, you didn't know him, did you? You may think I did, but I really didn't. And George has been dead for a long time, hasn't he? He's been dead ever since he died, and that's way back yonder. I've never seen him, but I believe certainly that he lived. And pretty much what's reported, except people try to besmirch their reputation as they do all, all of the historical figures, but we believe that George Washington lived but the only reason we believe it is because we see it reported in the history books. That's only, the that's only information we've got. It's like all history, if it's not in your lifetime, you have to depend on your sources where you where you get it. Well, that's head knowledge. Hi- historical head knowledge. Well, you'd have to be a, a bumbling idiot to try to say that Jesus Christ didn't live. There's so much evidence that the man Christ Jesus lived in Palestine and there was a whole lot of stuff about him. There are some secular witnesses, Josephus and a few others, that tell us about Jesus Christ. Well, you've got some blubbering idiots that are so so full of hatred for God and the Bible that they just say, "I it wasn't no Jesus Christ, that's just a big lie. There's a guy on, on Facebook, uh, a Quora, Quora, Quora or something like that. He, he comes off of that stuff all the time. That it wasn't, it wasn't real. It's was just all a big lie. Christianity is all a big lie. No, he's the liar. He's, he's the liar. But, but to believe, yeah, I believe Jesus Christ exists. That is not being saved. You'd have to be an idiot to deny that Jesus Christ lived greatest one in history and he did live and he did do everything the bible says but I just had knowledge the parable of sower you, you had you had the the uh, stony ground hard ground thorny ground and then the good ground but all those first three they came up a little while but they all didn't last some of them didn't take root some of them did then burned out the sun burned them out and all that. So uh, natural uh, knowledge and historical knowledge, uh, Agrippa, before uh, Paul before Agrippa in Acts 26, he said, Agrippa says, almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. Well, he's right just about there. Sign him up. He's a king, got plenty of money, sign him up right now. And that'll do it. I met, what's the name of it? Uh, East Hickman Baptist Church down there on Taste Creek Pike. Some years ago, they were out at Taste Creek Estates and all around, knocking on doors, signing up associate members. They really were. I mean, I mean... Well, the rich young ruler, we might as well sign him up. I mean, he, he's a good fella. And he's rich. I mean, you know, come on, man. But that's not saving faith. Amen. Not at all. There's demonic faith. Reading the book of James. He said, thou believest in one God, thou doest well. Well, I believe in God and all that stuff. I've had them tell me that more than once. God and all that stuff. Yeah, I believe in God. Wait a minute, wait a minute. So do the demons. And we don't believe for a second that the demons are going to go to heaven. Not at all. Well, James said Thou believest in one God, thou doest well. That's better than being a fool. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. You read that last night, didn't you? That's just demonic faith. That doesn't save anybody. I think the Campbellites, that's why they turn around, repentance and faith. They say believe and then Repent. They don't understand what repent, what faith is. Saving faith is. Yes. Oh, you gotta believe in God before you can be saved. Well, I don't know. The demons didn't get saved with that, did they? Not hardly, no. Now it is true, Jesus said, if you believe in me, you believe in God. But if you have not the Son, you have not the Father. It all hinges on the Son. The Lord Jesus Christ. He is the life. He is the light of men. So it all depends on Him. Now, 1 Corinthians 15, Paul said, I declared unto you the gospel. And he said, that gospel is the same gospel I received. He said it's the same gospel that you received unless you have believed in vain. Believed in vain. Vain means empty. No substance. Can people believe in Christ vainly? Of course they can. If you've never come to the position in your life that you're depraved, sinful, and condemned to hell, and there's nothing you can do to save yourself, and the only salvation is in Jesus Christ and His finished work of redemption. If you've never come to that place, you're not saved. You can't just casually trust Jesus. They say, well, I I, I was born saved. No, you weren't. No. Nobody's born saved. There's a point in time in which you come to repent from, from your sinfulness. Not just your sins, but from your sinfulness. And you trust Jesus Christ. Now that word trust is illustrated nowhere better than in the sacrifices of the Old Testament on the day of atonement when the high priest, when he took, there's two goats, he killed one of them, took the blood, and the other one, he leaned on the head of the scapegoat. We use that term, somebody's a scapegoat, meaning somebody's taking blame for everybody else. Don't make somebody a scapegoat. Don't make your wife, don't make your husband, don't make your children a scapegoat for all of your problems. Make them the fault. They're, you're to blame for my problem. I'm to blame for my problems. But there is a scapegoat. And he was a God-designated, uh, ordained scapegoat. He was illustrated in that goat, the two goats on the Day of Atonement. And when the high priest, when it says he leaned, placed his hands on the head of that scapegoat, the word is he leaned on it, on it, and that received all of the sins symbolically of all of the people of Israel. And then they took the hand of a fit man. And he led that scapegoat way out to where no, land, no man's land. And I don't believe, and he let that goat go, and I believe that goat starved to death. And I don't think they ever even uncovered a little pack of bones from that scapegoat. Because I think that's a wonderful picture that Jesus Christ, who is our scapegoat, he received all of the sins. Of all of his people, thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. He took all of my sins on his head when he hanged on the cross of Calvary. And the Bible says it pleased God to bruise him, to put him to an open shame, to punish him who had known no sin, who became the sin bearer for all of his people. And my sins were right there on him. Well, can you believe in Jesus in vain? Yes, you can. I've heard people say, yeah, I believe in Jesus. I believe in all of his teachings. What they mean is they believe in the first part of the Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are they. They don't believe in the rest of the Sermon on the Mount. They don't believe in all the teachings of Jesus. They don't even know them all. When Jesus said, Woe unto you, scribes, Pharisees, you hypocrites. (laughs) They don't believe that. Except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. They don't believe in that. Then shall I say unto them, Depart from me, you that work iniquity. For I never knew you. They don't believe in that teaching of Jesus. They just believe in the love stuff. They say they do. but you know what that is? That is called vain faith in Jesus Christ. Ephesians 2.8 For by grace are you saved through faith. Not by faith. Your faith does not save you. Jesus Christ is the Savior. And you receive His salvation through faith. Amen. That's what it says. So. I don't have time to get into it. Blind Bartimaeus. Good fellow. Yeah. Didn't start out that way. But Jesus passed by. And he stood and cried out for mercy. Have you ever done that? Yes. You see when you realize you're lost on your way to hell. And there's not a thing you can do to help yourself. There's where you cry out for mercy from the Lord. And the faith that embraces the Lord. But folks, it is a faith that produces. The book of James says, Faith without works is dead. Can that kind of faith save you? Not at all. Because faith, saving faith, that is from God and saving faith is from God. Amen. It produces results and you see the evidence in your life. Have you seen that? Now.